You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the 415ers podcast three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Evan Giddings along with Mark Grandy. Follow us on social media. I am at egiddings10. You can find Mark at Mark Grandy, Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. And this is maybe the, the extension of, of the conversation as far as Debo is concerned, as far as the offense is concerned, because it looks a lot more let's call it simplistic or plain compared to where we left the offense at the end of last season in the conference championship. Even though they didn't win, this was a team that you know was really touted for its complex scheme. And even to some extent, I know Kyle's use check came on Damon Arado last week and said there are still a lot of complicated things going on pre-snap in the huddle, even though the results have been sort of vanilla to this point, especially in the running game. But a lot of people have suggested the absence or, you know, Mike McDaniel not being in the offensive film room anymore for the 49ers, obviously taking over the head coaching job in Miami as we're recording this podcast. He's currently playing on Thursday night against the Cincinnati Bengals and right now are 3-0. They're off to a very good start and have looked great offensively. A lot of people have purported that maybe there's something to do about McDaniel absence not being with the 49ers and their offense taking a hit um, specifically with, with Debo Samuel Mark and, and not being able to be there. And, you know, Debo last year was evolutionary in how he was used as a wide back, as well as on the outside, you know, 1300 receiving yards, 400 rushing yards, the 16 plus touchdowns. And he was the best offensive weapon potentially or arguably in football last season. And this year, He's kind of been off to a bit of a slow start after week one against Chicago. And he's had his troubles as the rest of the offense has getting going. And I just feel like I don't believe that there's necessarily a correlation right now, but it is interesting to see how high flying the Dolphins are. Now they have weapons on the outside. They have a semi-capable quarterback to get the ball to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. But the Niners have, in my opinion, just as good of a, you know, a skill group as far as George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel's concerned. So I don't necessarily think it's an and it's an absence of McDaniel that is giving the 49ers fits, but I could see how some people would jump to that conclusion. Well, what was really interesting, and, and you mentioned Kyle Juszczyk's interview on Damon and Ratto, uh, what I found really interesting was was Peter King's appearance on Damon and Ratto, of course, on 95-7 the game, a weekly appearance there. And Peter King said you know, there's a lot of talk of, of Mike McDaniel perhaps being, you know, a lot of, you know, the, you know, kind of the mad scientist in the background behind Kyle Shanahan. And what he said specifically is that maybe he's more of the quote is what he said, Debo Samuel whisperer, as opposed to anything else. You know, he's the guy who would meet with Debo Samuel every week throughout the week and kind of lay out to him, 
hey, we want to use you this way, you know, X, Y, and Z. We want you to do this. We want you to, you know, make sure you do this in the run game. We're going to try to get you going, you know, between the tackles, on end arounds, whatever the case is. Um, it was kind of Mike McDaniel laying that out for Debo Samuel leading into that week. And what we saw on Sunday night in Denver obviously wasn't the most effective Debo Samuel has ever been on the ground, just over one yard a carry. So maybe there's something to that. It's obviously very easy, and it's really easy to say, well, the Dolphins, they're riding high. They're 3-0. and They beat Lamar Jackson. They beat Josh Allen. You know, things could, you know, trickle back towards the mean. And, you know, the Dolphins, who knows how their season is going to go. And Kyle Shanahan and, and this run game could, could very much, uh, could, could very well get going. Um, but it is interesting to kind of see how this Niner team is kind of reacting and adjusting without Mike McDaniel, who really before last year, uh, I mean, you know, within NFL circles, a lot of people knew Mike McDaniel, but you you pull, you know, Niner fans and, you know, kind of casual NFL fans. And, you know, not many of them are going to have any idea who M- Mike McDaniel is, but now he's one of the, the biggest young coaching stars that the game has to offer. And everyone's ready to say, Kyle Shanahan was never the offensive genius. It was all Mike McDaniel. I'm sure that is very much overreaction. But maybe there is a little bit of something here specifically to the the Debo Samuel wrinkle. You consider that along with the fact that teams just aren't surprised by it anymore. The fact that the, the Niners have been doing it now for almost a whole season. They've adjusted. They're ready for it. You consider those two things and you can see how maybe the Niners can't quite get Debo Samuel working in the run game quite as effectively anymore. Now they're going to go back to the drawing board, try to change things up and see if they can adjust to the adjustment. Uh, But right now it does seem like there's somewhat of an effect that not having Mike McDaniel is maybe specifically just on that portion of the run game. Yeah. And look, it isn't like they haven't been using Debo Samuel, but I think we all need to remember that Debo kind of became that running back wide receiver hybrid primarily after week eight, after they started out three and five and after, you know, the running backs for the 49ers were bare to none. So he was sort of forced into that situation as much as Mike McDaniel trying to figure out how best to utilize Debo. I know people have sort of talked about the separation that he can or can't get as a wide receiver. But, you know, taking a look at his first three games, five receptions each of the past two weeks against Denver as well as Seattle. You make the argument, as we talked about off the top of this episode, that he should have had a lot more yards against Denver as well as some more scores. Um, There's an opportunity in the red zone against Chicago in week one early on in that game in which he fumbles, may have had a chance to do some more damage there. So there's there's been a little bit of him shooting himself in the foot as well as his quarterback maybe not being able to deliver the ball to him when he is open. But he's he's gotten his touches. I think you are into something as far as the uh, the lack of surprise when it comes to Debo Samuel. And that's kind of what I'm interested in to see on Monday night against the Los Angeles Rams, because look, if the 49ers fall to one and three after week four, that is a reality that is absolutely possible. I know the Niners are interestingly enough favorites in this game against the Rams at home by a slim margin, which I think both of us are still trying to kind of figure out based on the first three weeks of this season. It's interesting. But what else is interesting is whether or not the 49ers are going to be in the danger zone if they fall to one and three, because right now looking at the rest of the NFC, I could kind of make the argument that 
one and three does not put you out of it, but it certainly digs yourself a hole deep, similar to last year, not as late as a three and five after week eight in which they continued on and still made the playoffs. But I think a lot of people forget that it came down to the final week and it came down to a 17 point overtime win on the road at Los Angeles to get you into the playoffs. So they're kind of, Obviously, you'd love to be two and two, but if they fall to one and three, I could absolutely see the rest of this season needing to go nearly perfect just for them to get back into the playoffs. Because looking ahead on their schedule, they do have a couple of winnable games against Atlanta. Uh, but then, you know, you, you move down the line and there are some absolutely tough ones. So we'll, we'll see how the season unfolds. But for me, I'm. I'm dangerously close to putting them in the danger zone if they fall to one and three on Monday night. So are you are you calling this a week four game against the Rams a must win? Is that what uh, you're saying, Evan? It certainly feels that way, Mark. <laughs> and not just because they've had the success, the, the success that they've had against the Rams, obviously taking the last six regular season games, but because of how they looked, especially offensively. I mean, this Niners team has scored five touchdowns in three games against three teams that haven't honestly been all that impressive to this point. Who knows? By the end of the year, the Houston Texans or the, I don't, I'm not going to say the Seattle Seahawks, but the Denver Broncos could be one of the best teams in football. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I, I have no clue at this point, but it's just the, the fact that they have not been able to consistently put points on the board. I don't think that they've had so much an issue as far as sustaining drives. I mean, they did against Denver, especially in the second half. But if you take a look at the time of possession, you know, uh, average yards per play. Like they've, they've been all right. They just have not been able to drive the nail home and create points. And so that's why depending on how this game goes and depending on how it looks, I would absolutely be willing to say this is a must win game or at least a must show me game. Cause you got to show me you can score before I'm willing to say that you can get to the playoffs. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, yeah, I mean, look, it's obviously important. You don't want to be one in three. You have games against the Chiefs, another one against the Rams looming before your bye in, in week nine. Uh, so you have a couple more challenging games. But as you mentioned, you then get Carolina, Atlanta on the road. Um, you're also playing the Chargers. Uh, you got and then you have two games against the Cardinals in the second half of the season. You're taking on Miami. You're taking on Tampa Bay. You're taking on New Orleans. None of those are gimmies. Uh, a couple of those, you know, perhaps the Niners will be underdogs in those games. I mean, you have challenging games coming up, but it's only week four. I'm not sure I'm ready to say, you know, you lose on Monday night, ring the bell. This team is in imminent danger. They're not going to make the playoffs. There's just so much football left. And, you know, you could say, and I said this last episode, you know, they're they're not taking advantage. They haven't through three weeks of, you know, perhaps the softest portion of their schedule. They they should be 3-0. and uh, I think originally a lot of people had them 2-1 and at this point because uh, you expected more from the Denver Broncos, but realizing what they are at least early in the season, uh, most people changed that loss into a win, expecting this team to be 3-0 and now at this point of the season. 
you're one and two. So, you know, there's no denying it. One and three is not a good start and it will be difficult. Uh, but I think it's still too early for me to say, yeah, you lose this game to the defending Super Bowl champs, a team you've played you, you've played really well against in the last number of years. Um, and suddenly, you know, you're in the danger zone. You're not going to make the postseason. And I know you're not saying a definite you're out of the postseason, but uh, I still think it's a little too early for me, um, especially when you consider the fact that this is a team that's now with their backup quarterback. And again, I know that Jimmy Garoppolo has been the starter in the past, but there's so many other variables going on in this team that there aren't among other teams. Uh, so I think it's it's all right, at least in my opinion, to give this team you know, another week or two, kind of see and, and see if they can figure things out before we, we rush to those judgments. But I will say a loss against the Rams on Monday night um, means that you have very little margin for error on other games because uh, there aren't a lot of, you know, gimmies left. You, you would like to think you should be able to beat Carolina and Atlanta both on the road, uh, which is the last time that this team will play, you know, outside of the uh, Pacific Standard Zone, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, which is incredible. You want to get those two wins on the road, um, but there are going to be some challenges moving forward. So it, it, it decreases your, your margin for error significantly. You'd love to win a home game against a division opponent, uh, but I would not yet be ready to say that this team is in absolute danger of missing the postseason. No, but to me, the danger zone is the room for error or margin of error, as you put it. And that was that was kind of a theme throughout our, our first two episodes this week is like, how small is the room for error with this team? Because, look, you're already looking at a couple of very impactful injuries outside of your starting quarterback in Trey yeah. Lance. You're looking at your starting running back. You're looking at your left tackle who Kyle Shanahan said during his Thursday presser, they're hoping does not have to have surgery, but also left the opening on the table potentially for it. So Trent Williams has a high ankle sprain, is going to miss four to six weeks. And Colton Kivitz is going to be the guy that has to slot in. Look, he's, you know, the, the 49ers offensive line, at least in the run, has been good. Yeah, Mark? Quickly, uh, he Shanahan did say that Trent Williams won't need surgery. He didn't rule out that he could go on IR, but surgery is not going to happen, but potential for IR is still on the table. They hope not, but they're not sure. Okay. So to clarify that, yeah, nope, no surgery, at least from apparently uh, something mixed, mixed in translation there. Regardless, <laughs> a lot of impactful injuries for the 49ers that are going to hurt. And so you never know when those will continue to befall them. And to me, it's just like, look, you're at the point where if if you go down one and three, yeah, you absolutely got to beat Carolina. You absolutely got to beat Atlanta. You got to find a way to get back to 500. But if you lose another impactful player, we've already seen George Kittle miss two games. Who knows? I mean, Debo Samuel missed injury for the majority of last season. His first couple of years in the NFL, that was not the case. Um, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, there are a lot of things that can go wrong in any football game, as we saw last week against Denver. So for me... I don't think it's reasonable to expect injury, but you always have to be prepared for that. And the 49ers depth right now, at least offensively, uh, is lesser than I would like it considering right now, again, 
you're you're twenty eighth in points. Like you have not been able to score the football, and so any more losses sustained on that side to me make the margin of error even more small. That's where I'm at as far as uh, the danger zone definition is concerned for the 49ers.